Christmas, the story we sing about, the songs we are, we are singing are, are really an, an invitation from the Lord. And, and every one of us that's in the room right now and all those that are watching our spiritual family on live stream, I speak to you right now. It's, the truth is that, that God is pursuing us. The story of Jesus coming into the world, John chapter 1, that, that he came into the world. The infant God became the, the incarnate among us. Why? Because he's pursuing us. Someone once said, well, I found God. I dare say that's not true. He found us. He found you and, and he found me. The truth of the matter is the Bible says that a way that seems right to a man ultimately leads in death. What does that mean? That left up to ourselves, we can't find our way out of a cardboard box. We are hopelessly and helplessly lost. But God took the initiative and he put on humanity and he came. And there are basically three types of people that are in the room right now or that are watching. There are those that this is not just a performance. It's not just a story we're telling. It's your very testimony. And you rejoice in that because you, like me, can remember a moment in time when, when God found you. There was a registered nurse by the name of Phyllis Can who worked at a hospital called Button Gwinnett Hospital, which is now called Gwinnett Medical Center. And Phyllis worked with my mom on the cardiac floor. And Phyllis was the means by which God pursued me and my family. And Phyllis would invite my mom to this little church in Decula, Georgia, on multiple occasions. And one morning we woke up and my mom and dad said, guess what? We're going to church. Twelve years old, had never been. And we walked into this little church, and there began a sequence of events. Four days after that, on a Thursday night, another person that God used to pursue me named Sam Venable, and he walked me out into the sanctuary, and he, and he sat down next to me, 12 years old, and he took out the Bible, and he shared with me the gospel of Jesus. He told me about God becoming man and dying on a cross, and and he simply told this powerful story of the gospel that said if you would just repent of your sins and, and turn to him and ask Jesus to forgive you, that, that he, would, he would forgive you and he would come into your life and, and your name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and your eternity secured. So I prayed that prayer on that, on that evening with Sam. And I was born again. My name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then God in his pursuant nature of us began to use me to pursue others. And in a few years, my dad became born again. My mom became born again. The, the uh, gospel came right into our family and began to transform every single one of us as God pursues us. This is the power of the gospel. And for many of us, that is our very story. And, and we rejoice in that, that this is the God who did that for us. Now we are part of his story. And now we are pursuing others in our own family. This is how God does it. For many of us, that's our story. And that's the plan of God. 
There are some of us in this room that you have been pursued by God. And in seasons past, you have endeavored to follow him. But the Bible will warn all of us in such a state that we must be careful. Because the cares of this life and the pursuits of wealth begin to encroach upon us. And we begin to drift away from the solid rock of Jesus. And we begin to build our lives on other things and and other pursuits. And we begin to forget about him and move on. This year has taught us some things in 2020. Many things that couldn't be shaken have been shaken. We've been shaken economically. We've been shaken racially. We've been shaken spiritually. We've been shaken physically. And it's causing all of us, perhaps, as those of us who once followed Christ or those of us who were just Sunday morning attenders to realize our lives are being shaken. And it's caused us to once again look down and find out where are our feet actually planted. And perhaps that's one of you in the room right now. And, and you would say, your footing is not securely upon the rock of Jesus. And the invitation for you is this, to move back upon the solid rock. Because quite frankly, if, if we believe in the Bible like we do, and, and we believe in Matthew 24 like we do, and, and we believe that we are in the end times and Jesus told us that that in the last days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But if our lives are planted on the rock and not on sand, the wind may come, the storms may come, and we may be shaken. But God said to us through Jesus that he would never leave us nor forsake us if we're planted on him. For some of us in the room right now, you're being called back into right position with Jesus. That's the invitation for many. And for some of us, you're in the room right now and you're watching right now and and you've heard this invitation probably many times over the course of your life or maybe others have shared it with you and you've put it off or you've kicked the can down the road and I can tell you, God is pursuing you. The reason you're here right now, the reason you're watching right now is the Holy Spirit is drawing your heart And if that's you, you know exactly who I'm talking to. Because right now you feel the presence of God and that invitation. That's to you through Jesus. And he's calling you to him. You see, that's the story of Christmas. That's the testimony of Christmas. That God became flesh. He left heaven and came to pursue us to build a family. To extend the family of heaven into the family of earth. And we're being invited into that place. So my prayer for us, and I know the prayer of these guys behind me, would say that all of us would be brought into this invitation. And an invitation implies it's a place of decision. That all of us have a decision to make. For those of us who know the Lord, we decide to say, God, thank you. Thank you for saving me. I rejoice in you. You're so good and you're so kind. And I renew my commitment to you. For those of us in the room that would say, listen, I want to move myself back on the rock. I recognize that I have drifted. And this year of 2020 has shaken me and caused me to realize I have dealt with anxieties like I've never dealt with before. I've dealt with frustrations and irritations, and they're beginning to get the best of me. Can I just propose to all of us that maybe you're not on the rock as you thought you once were? 
And therefore, the storms that are hitting you are taking their their toll. And that ought not be. He's inviting you back to him. And most importantly, I would ask for those that are in the room right now that you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I remember that conversation with Sam Venable when I was 12 years old in that little sanctuary, this, this, this uncomplicated presentation of the gospel that changed my entire life. It's the simple gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Several years ago, I received a call from a lady who wanted to come and meet with me. Her marriage was falling apart. I never met her. She had picked up the name from somebody. I didn't know who it was. And so I scheduled a time, and, and she came in. And when she walked in the door, she was a very well-put-together, maybe 45-year-old. And we sat down and, and talked, and we began to just have a little bit of a chat very smart. She had her PhD in biochemistry, worked in the lab, very, very successful. I was dealing with somebody who was highly intellectual, highly cerebral. And I asked her, I said, well, can you unpack what you're going through? And she began to describe to me her marriage of, of, of eight years that was slowly falling apart through a series of just unfortunate and tragic events. And I would ask her along the way, well, did you know God? And she said, yeah, I went to church when I was little, but that was about it. And so about an hour into the conversation, I'm using my intellect to try to reach her. I'm using my Christian psychobabble, if you will. I'm in there with, you know, scriptural principles and we're working out all the details and different kind of behavior modifications and different plans that she can do. And I, and I heard this still quiet voice in the back of my head that said, share with her the gospel. And I'm like in my mind thinking, oh, that's really too simplistic. This woman's highly intellectual, very smart. Her problems are complicated. So I just kind of went on with my natural reasoning with her and this nagging voice in my, in my ear, just share with her the gospel. And this went on for several minutes and I relented and I said, and I called the lady's name and I said, can I just tell you about God and that he loves us, that he sent Jesus as his son to die on a cross for us to find us and that he's called a people to himself that if we would repent of, of, of our sins and, and, and turn from our wicked way and ask him to forgive us, that he would come into our life and he would guarantee our spot in heaven and he would never leave us and forsake us in this difficult world. I just kind of laid it out for her. I mean, I mean, very much in elementary style. And I was, and I was, I was watching her about, you know, four minutes into this simple talk, these big tears began to flow down her face. And I was like shocked. I, I was like, oh my goodness. Would, would you, I just said, would you, would you like to make Jesus the Lord of your life? And at that point in time, she was in full-on tears. And she grabbed my hands and said, yes, I want it. I wish I could tell you in that moment I was rejoicing. I was rejoicing for her, but the Holy Spirit was spanking me simultaneously. 
And he reminded me of the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Can I tell you, sons and daughters of the Most High God, we don't have to add makeup. We don't have to add lipstick. We don't have to make it fancy. We just need to present the truth. And then the Holy Spirit begins to use that truth to draw the human heart to Him. Oh, the message that we have is not a complicated message. It's a very simple message. And embodied in the simplicity of that message is the power of Jesus. And she prayed to receive Jesus that afternoon. Her entire countenance changed. And she walked out of that door. She lived in another state. And and she would send me an email a few weeks later describing what God had done in her own heart that was helping her to walk out the difficult situation she was in. You see, God didn't change her circumstance. He changed the internal atmosphere of her heart. And that's what Christianity is all about. It doesn't affect the storms that come, but it affects the storm that's inside. And that storm is the person in power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So as we're wrapping up our time together this morning, I'd like you to just to close your eyes for a moment. And I'm not sure who you are right now. In the room or watching on live stream, but I would ask if you have found yourself in past days to be a Christ follower, but over the course you've removed your eyes off of him and the things of the world has began to encroach upon your heart, the Father is inviting you. It is the scripture in Revelation when Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's inviting you once again to make him the centerpiece of your life. It's a very simple step, but it begins with repentance. It begins with saying, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Could you just pray that right now? Just If that's you, just, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for drifting. Forgive me for taking my eyes off of you. Lord, in this Christmas season, I, I once again... Say, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. You are my King. You are my Father. And I bring myself before you and I say, Lord, please forgive me. And I commit myself once again by the grace of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit to walk with you day by day, trusting you to give me every day my daily bread and to walk with me and to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're in the room, and you would say, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've heard, I've been to church, and you may have even repeated some prayers, but you know nothing really happened and nothing really stuck. The Holy Spirit's here right now, and He's drawing you, and He's calling you. If that's you, If that's you, here in the room or watching, I invite you right now, just pray this very simple prayer out of your heart, not out of your intellect, but but out of your heart, a prayer that I prayed so many years ago at 12 years old. 
I invite you just to pray this simple prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm listening and I'm hearing and I'm ready to receive what that guy is talking about. Jesus, I believe in you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart, Jesus, that you came as the Son of God and God in the flesh. And that you died on the cross for me. And Lord, I repent of all my sins and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I commit my life to you entirely and wholly. I thank you for your blood that saves me and sets me free. I give you my life. And I ask you, Jesus, to fill me with the Holy Spirit and to empower me to build my life on your rock and on your love. And I will serve you and I will learn to love you more and more every day. And surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I am confident I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.